Welcome everyone to the last video store clerks podcast with Frank and Scott. The days of blockbuster Hollywood and the independent video store are over. But the days of searching the shelves for hidden gems and overlooked call classics is never ending. Join us while we drown in a sea of streaming options and ask the question, what the hell is a good movie anyway? I'm Frank. I'm Scott. And we're the last video store clerks. <laughs> I mean... It was a Saturday when I watched Deepwater, and I was like, oh, this is the guy who wrote the movie we're watching. <laughs> Assassination Nation. And Deepwater was like some weird voyeuristic murder mystery. It was apparently a book written in 1947. Oh. Weird, right? So they like mo- put like a modern- I have a feeling she wasn't like fingering herself in the front seat of the car. <laughs> yeah, of like a Range Rover or something like that. But who knows? I mean, Lolita's pretty old, so, <laughs> you know- Wait, what year did you say again? 1947. 47. Yeah, cars weren't that like easy to operate back then even. Yeah. Big front seats, though. A huge front <laughs> seat. Yeah. No fucking seat belts restricting movement. She could have gone to town all evening. And- Couldn't have leaned back, though. Not no. like that. And it was all right. But I went down a deep, deep, deep Sam Levinson hole. Oh, the- I thought I'd finished that movie. <laughs> and then I saw it on there resume. So I had to pick it back up to finish it, but I did. I, I was good with it. Oh, then you you sort of deep dove. Yeah. What else did you watch? Um, Beavis and Butthead. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. What does it do? The did universe? you like it? I did. Okay. Because I think what happened was I read quite a few reviews, and these reviews had me thinking, oh no, this is gonna be just a piece of shit. Nothing's changed. Same storyline that we always see. And I'm not saying that it's not a very similar storyline to the Why other. Why would movie. you want anything else? That's what they do. They try and score. Yeah. They're watching TV or they're trying to score. Yeah. Or they're eating nachos. They wanna play the sluts. Yeah, no, they worked in all the good old stuff. There were like a couple of uh, characters from the old series that made an appearance. With things like that, ever someone's going to complain about it if mm-hmm. it's exactly like it used to be. And if it's not exactly like it used to be, someone else is going to complain about it because it's not exactly like it used to be. Yeah. And the uh, thing you with can't me is, win. But I would rather just be Beavis and Butthead. I didn't really like the new Beavis and Butthead episodes no, I didn't as much. No, I didn't like those that much either. But Beavis and Butthead, I started watching it when I was nine. Yeah, so that's same. the mindset of a nine-year-old boy. Uh-huh. You you know, broke shit, set things on fire, you know, fire. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It really touched me as a child. (laughs) You know, it really reached me on that deep level. Yeah, I understand. Um, So watching this, I'm fucking fine with it. I knew what was coming. It was nice to see it. And what's crazy is he kind of did like a story. Like it was almost like he attempted this deepness at times. I rewatched Beavis and Butthead Duo America not too long ago. And I was like, I feel like this was heavier than... I remembered it being, yeah. you know, like some of the just some of the jokes I didn't get when it came out. <laughs> being older really made it something different. Yeah. Now you're able to pick up everything. Yeah. I liked it. No. And that's what I'm saying. Fucking if you like Beavis and Butthead when, you know, you were that age or whenever, if you liked them, you'd like this fucking movie. It's Beavis and Butthead. They're back again. I think Beavis's voice actually sounds different though now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You know, he couldn't quite peg it the way he used to. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It, I just felt it. I, I, I could hear it. But still really good for how long it's been since even the reboot of the show. I'm totally going to watch it. Yeah. I what? mean, I'd have to get Paramount. I don't want to. Yet. What else did you watch? Uh, I watched. Oh, my God. Okay. So I watched uh, Malcolm and Marie. Also, Sam Levinson. Oh, Jesus. I don't think I've ever even heard of that. It's, uh, it was one of the first movies made in the pandemic. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't anything insanely crazy. But one of the things that uh, has always sort of like been like, I was like, why is everyone so into that Zendaya girl? <laughs> yeah. Because as Mary Jane, kind of flat character, but she won an Emmy for Euphoria. And uh, watching Assassination Nation, I was, I got really interested in the way this guy writes. Deepwater was not the thing that sent me. <laughs> Deepwater was, I'm going to recommend it to. Uh, I don't know, people who like Fifty Shades of Grey as well. It had less sex than I wanted in it, to be perfectly honest. The way that it was, it had less sex than I expected. The way that it started yeah. with all the, you know, her, man, that relationship, the That embarrassing there. song she sang. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't handle. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know if I can watch this movie. And then I stuck it out because this was a really good Ben Affleck part. Yeah. Well, and me, I watched Assassination Nation and then realized I still had time on that to go. Did you realize that he had written it? Not until when you after chose I to do finished that? Deepwater. Oh, that's crazy. Yes. 
That's really weird. Because you I, may have mentioned it while we were talking about it, but it didn't, you know, it wasn't in my head. Uh, I went full rabbit hole because I went Assassination Nation last week. I watched it. Maybe, yeah, you went early. Maybe Sunday or you something were, like that. Yeah, you hit that shit early. Yeah, and I had already watched Deep Water. I was to that point where I was like, I'm going to go down the hole. Keep riding the train. I watched a whole season of Euphoria, and I just watched <laughs> the first episode, and I was like, I just want to see what it's about, and... I was immediately like, oh, I totally fucking understand why they gave this girl an Emmy. Because she's the youngest person who's ever won an Emmy. But not just that, like the stylisticness of this movie, Mm -hmm. of Assassination Nation. I wanted more of it when I was done. I was like, okay, that I thought that show was about ravers. And I was like, I don't care about fucking ravers. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And I was like, okay, maybe I'm wrong about this. A lot of people like it. And then I went down a deep deep hole the fans of euphoria are kind of always mad at sam levinson oh and are they putting it together that he's you know associated well, uh, like i i did a lot of like research into him in general mm-hmm. and uh i guess we're already to the fucking movie but the, like everything i watched <laughs> this week ties into the movie we're talking about you did a lot of sam levinson i did a lot of sam levinson actually yesterday we watched oh we watched the night house which was actually creepy. The Nighthouse. It creeped that? me out a couple times. It's Rebecca Hall, and uh, it had the guy from Archive 81 who was like the creepy dude in the building. Yeah. But it's like a, a woman, her husband commits suicide in the middle of a lake. Wait, the creepy younger guy? Like the guy? Yeah, the guy she uh, like almost hooks up with. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That guy is her husband, and he commits suicide in a boat on the lake. And she goes home after the suicide, which was, there was lots of things, but it was a creepy fucking movie. Like, and what was that on? HBO. I'm just trying to think. And what's it called? The Night House. Jesus, I feel like I haven't even seen that on there. You for sure, ha- it's passed by. The cover is kind of innocuous, though. Yeah. It's like, a, it's Rebecca Hall on a boat, and there's like a ghost hand on her face. Oh, wow. Yeah, it doesn't even, it's no bells. almost all black. No bells are ringing. It creeps me the fuck out, though, a couple times, which I've been looking for. You know. <laughs> yeah, Um. I. you know, uh, we've been talking about it. You're looking for something that's actually scary. Yeah, because... Uh, what was it? The rental? The rental. The rental did it. Uh, for Frank, sure. Franco's first? Yeah, yeah, little Franco. Yeah, the rental got me. Not a lot of like jump scare stuff, but enough to where I was like, go fuck, fuck, fuck. So were you almost real world situation scared at that one? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this one got me in a, oh, <laughs> kind of way. You know, we're like the the Mike Flanagan like plant something in the background. Yeah. And it fucks with you a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's there. If you see it, it really gets you. That kind of stuff. The story wasn't great. I will, I will say that it went on a little long, got a little silly, and uh, ended a little odd. So often those movies do. If you got me, you got me. That's fine. Yeah, I, I, I'll take either. Like good story in a horror movie, uh-huh. and I didn't get scared, but I thought it was a cool story. <laughs> Or I'll take, like, you got me a bunch of times, and I'm not mad that I watched this. As long as there's some satisfaction there. Yeah, so it was fine. I like Rebecca Hall a lot. She was in uh, Prestige. She's Christian Bale's wife oh, in that's that. Right. And see, The Prestige is one of those that I've seen once or twice. I feel like Ooh, you should watch people that who again. like The Prestige, they've oh, seen it man. more than that. I've seen I know. it hundreds of I times I saw it once, now. and I didn't think much of it either way. And then, you know... Uh, that's like a yearly movie for me. Uh, is it? Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I notice new things every time I watch it. Mm. It's a Christopher Nolan magic trick, <laughs> which is really what it is. <laughs> Even the screenplay is a magic trick. but other than that that was why i wanted to watch that last night was i watched that and then i watched the movie i found for next time which we'll talk about at the end (laughs) you've already watched it that's cheating (laughs) no i five minutes into it my wife turned and was like you have to do this movie (laughs) so kelly kind of picked this movie yeah but she was like this is a frank movie and she recognized it immediately and as it went on i was like oh my god yo we have to do it (laughs) so we'll talk about that at the end but yeah yeah, euphoria Deserves all its accolades. I really got really interested in looking at the young girls that are big fans of this stuff, Mm -hmm. commenting about it. And they get really mad at Sam Levinson. They get really mad about the things that happen in the show, his writing choices, all so into it. And let me tell you, girls, that's what being a fucking nerd is. You love (laughs) something so much that you're mad. And you know what good writing is? When someone takes you on that fucking ride where you're so mad about what just happened to this character that you love. That's good writing, man. Yeah. And 
y'all are fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was interesting seeing all these like fashionable young women. Talk, well, in Euphoria, being nerds, it pops up in so many different categories on HBO Max, and because it's an HBO it's really original good, series, man. they really promote the shit out of it. Man. So I see it all the time, and I hear things. I've gotten really close to starting it. I just never hit the button. I say pull that trigger. That did not look like something I want to watch. It's not directed at me. I didn't think that I could relate to those characters. The well, man seeing fucking, that all the time on there, and then. I finally saw Assassination Nation pop up on there. Oh, it's on HBO Max now. Yeah. Um, And I had had that on the list because I didn't even see the trailer. It just, it interested me. You had mentioned it. That's the only reason it was in my head. And I saw that you could rent it on Amazon, right? Like for a while. Well, when somebody in an article likens something to Heather's, you have my fucking attention. (laughs) And this was compared to Heather's. And I was like, oh, because usually I'm like, fuck you. It's not like Heather's. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah, heathers was a heathers will always it's what is with he- I, I can't put anything with heathers no heather this i might say okay you think a little bit uh i would put like virgin suicides in the heathers category not as funny <laughs> definitely yeah. not funny uh, but uh tonally some of the stuff is kind of funny in virgin suicides you gotta admit James Wood's kind of funny in Virgin Suicides. In kind of a weird way. Fucking creepy. Yeah, he's creepy, but you're... Fucking creepy. I don't know, it's something about it being James Woods. I think that's what's funny about it to me. But, Who, from what he has completely lost his shit in, in real life. Oh, f- yeah. He's gone. But piece of candy. Piece of candy. Look <laughs> from your face. <laughs> but I've... I can't recommend Euphoria enough. I didn't think I would like it. It doesn't seem like the sort of thing I would like, and I didn't think I could necessarily relate. It was one of the most realistic depictions of teenagers that I think I've seen in a long time. I don't like this idea that teenagers are off limits. Yeah. Because there was never a time more dangerous in my life than when I was a teenager, that I took more risks. There's nothing you can really fuck up when you're 16, no matter what anyone tells you, short of dying, that can't be undone a little bit or killing someone else killing someone else uh, if you, as long as you don't hurt anyone else and you don't hurt yourself when I you're mean, a teenager let's say you hit the bitch gun, with a shovel yeah. but she doesn't die and everything feels like it's the end of the world and uh well and it's taking some of those current issues that teenagers and young adults face today well i'm with really the pressures fascinated. of social media yeah but this really took it to the extreme side yeah. and euphoria same thing i am really fascinated with what it's like to be a teenager now i also was fascinated by a person who can who is a straight white male from what i can tell he's married to a woman he has a son so <laughs> he writes about teenage girls and trans girls and i related to those characters but does it seem like he's really that in touch with the lgbt i don't know but i related to those characters yeah i like i realize that i'm a straight white dude so like everything is for me already but i would (laughs) like to be able to relate to those kind of stories too and if you can do that and i can access it and maybe that's the entry point exactly this group of main characters it's i really feel like that's you know it's somebody who's going to be out there right now you know reminds me of people we knew in high school but you know now yeah and i feel like this part (laughs) of the conversation there's a blur between me talking about euphoria and and us talking about uh the very similar groups of people story-wide yeah i'll give you a rundown of the summary so we watched assassination nation it was directed by sam levinson he also wrote operation endgame which had rob cordry zach galifianakis a bunch of other people in it ellen barkin was in it random random didn't she marry like a billionaire uh, I don't know. Or royalty or some shit? She was for sure in his first movie, which was... So he directed Malcolm and Marie, but Another Happy Day was like his first big movie he won screenwriting awards for. Hmm. And uh, that had... Uh, well, who's that kid who keeps getting in trouble? Ezra Miller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ezra Miller was in it, who is a fantastic actor, despite his... Uh, I didn't get to watch that one. I meant to. I wish I'd watched that instead of Malcolm and Marie, because Malcolm and Marie was two people fighting in a room basically jesus for the duration of it you know little washington always good (laughs) (laughs) but uh he's barry levinson's son which i thought was fucking weird barry levinson barry levinson (laughs) (laughs) and he wrote the screenplay for wizard of lies with robert de niro and michelle pfeiffer for HBO. Oh, yes. The, about the Bernie Madoff mm-hmm. movie. And his father directed it, which I thought was cool. Oh, in the oh, family. Oh, you walk with your daddy? Yeah, can I hold your hand? <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. All right, and this summary is lengthy because this movie is complicated. I'm going to not spoil the last third of the movie. We'll hold on to that 
I'll let you know when the spoilers are coming. There are certain things that can be spoiled. There's no fucking way we're going to get to all of this movie in one podcast. <laughs> because I feel like I'm going to be talking about this movie for years. <laughs> I This was very affecting. So basically, <clears throat> excuse me. Can you hear my mustache? <laughs> <laughs> Do whatever you like with your flavor saver. Just there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like to call it my dick broom. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's all I fucking think of. But yeah, okay. So I'll primarily summarize the last two thirds of the movie, and when we get to talking about the last third, I'll give you all a spoiler warning. The movie starts with an incredibly well done, super consistent voiceover by Lily, played by Odessa Young. If uh, you've never heard that girl's name before, the only other thing that I've seen her in is she's Franny in uh, the Stand miniseries. Hmm. At the beginning of the movie, it opens with a montage of foreshadowing trigger warnings for bullying, blood, abuse, classism, death, drinking. Drinking, drug use, sexual content, toxic masculinity, the male gaze, homophobia, transphobia, guns, nationalism, racism, kidnapping, murder, attempted murder, swearing, torture, violence, gore, weapons, and fragile male egos. The movie takes place in the, quote, perpetually American town of Salem, which has to be an overt witch trial reference. So. It has to be. I mean, the, the team colors are like black. There's like a star on the cheerleader's uniform. It, it's very, it's, you know, there's a dark... Yeah. vibe right there this movie was nothing if not overt <laughs> which when we get into the negative reviews of this movie yeah that's where the i don't understand comes in <laughs> <laughs> and the movie follows lily and her friends bex warren played by harry neff and stepsisters m played by abra and sarah played by Sookie waterhouse they were stepsisters i'm pretty sure yeah because at that one point when shit's going down with what's her name nancy nan nance yeah nance that, yeah, there yeah. you go um, when shit's going down with Nance, they're both screaming mom. I couldn't really figure it out the first time. I watched this movie twice and excitedly watched it both times. Even if I wouldn't have understood, I can still come up with an explanation. Yeah, I know you can. <laughs> I'm here for you, anyone out there, if you need me to just fill in the blanks. <laughs> <laughs> in the setup, we find out that Lily is dating Mark, played by Bill Skarsgård. First time I've ever seen Bill Skarsgård, I think, play a not werewolf or clown. So that was cool. Uh, still a little rapey. Just, I mean, more than a dash of rapey. You know? She's also receiving texts from someone on her phone in there as daddy. Daddy. Daddy's fucking dirty, or too. daddy. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. We do. Bex hooks up with a jock named Diamond. Weird name for a jock. But he asks. He had the stud. Oh, all right. Cool, 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 cool. He asked her not to tell anyone because Bex is transgender. At the same time, a casual hacker named Marty receives data hacked from the cross-dressing mayor's phone, and he posts it to 4chan, which at that point in the movie, I was like, wait, are you the, ha are you the hacker? Wait, <laughs> did he just post it? And I wanted to go back and look. It was To me, it was just too obvious. I'm like, they wouldn't have done that. He's obviously just someone who was one of the first to receive it. And I guess that who it is is kind of a twist, but we'll save that for, for spoiler we'll territory. Yeah, we really will. <laughs> <laughs> what follows is the principal, played by Coleman Domingo, who's fucking awesome in everything. Just saw him in The New Candy Man. Very serious man. No. Lots of period pieces. He gets hacked as well because he's the principal of the school. And he's accused of pedophilia for having pictures of his daughter in the bathtub on the phone. His infant daughter. Which is ridiculous. Yes. A lot of this movie is ridiculous. But that's the point. On fucking purpose, man. Jesus. It's what's really happening in the world right now, Scott. It really is. It is. Just amplified. And if people were mad in 2018 about the overtness of this movie... Can you still get mad about it? I don't think so. As the police question Marty, a data dump of half the town goes public and everyone loses their mind. Lily's affair with Daddy is exposed as well as Bex's texts to Diamond. Well, mm -hmm. That's real hard to say. Bex's texts to Diamond. Bex's texts to Diamond. Lily is kicked out of her house and nearly raped while walking down the street almost immediately. Uh, she busts this motherfucker in the face with a shovel. It's badass. Yeah, it's like when strangers just want to stab you with a knife. Did you think that little kid holding the frog was a Pepe the Frog reference? Oh. You know the, the whole Pepe the Frog thing? Fucking Pepe the Frog? Yeah. I know Pepe Le Pew. That's like a 4chan thing. Oh. Yeah. I never did the 4chan thing. Well, neither did I, but... It's a thing? I read too much. <laughs> <laughs> like, way too much. 
A montage of reaction videos to the hack ensues, some of which really fucking were crazy. It's real America shit. Maude Apatow's one where she was judging the principal's grief over the death of his father and how she was trying to get him to react. She was like, who, who acts like that? This is fucked up. <laughs> Could you fucking imagine someone judging the grief of your fucking father's death? And uh, several other reaction videos, most of them pertaining to him being a pedophile. A week later, the town starts wearing masks, a mob forms, and with coerced information from Marty that the hat came from Lily's IP address, the armed mob descends on Em and Sarah's house where the four girls are watching movies, culminating in over-the-top violence that ranges from thrilling, disturbing, to spaghetti western. No one is innocent and everyone fucking gets theirs. So, when we get to that part, because I want to talk about it with Frank, <laughs> I'll, we'll give you some heads up. I would like to say I did read that the script was given to every member of the female cast and then changed based on what they said mm. because he really fucking cared about the fact that he was a straight white dude writing this movie. Yeah, so I mean, he actually took their input and made adjustments. Yeah, I also read that he read thousands of like blogs online from teenage girls just to like research this movie. Uh, I, I know uh, Bo Burnham did similar things. Watched hundreds of YouTube videos from teenage girls before he made eighth grade <laughs> so you don't have to follow people around if you're a writer these days <laughs> yeah and i mean obviously I, they come to you but i thought that was cool that he got all the girls on the cast's input it's a nice touch some of the negative response to the movie mm -hmm. had to do with uh conflicting messages but do you remember being a teenager you fucking changed your mind every hour, every fucking minute, every day. Yeah. Everything out of your mouth was some sort of holier-than-thou thing. And so, in a movie in this context, I buy it. Now, at times I thought it was a bit heavy-handed, just a little bit, but I mean, I get it. You know, that's the, the feel that you're going for. He Wouldn't you say Heather's was the exact same way, though? Well, With her diary? Dear diary. And, like, the whole, like, her just, like, with that fucking monocle <laughs> scribbling. <laughs> Like, Heather's had the same diatribe. But the thing with Heather's was the, the period that that was made. You know, it has that indie feel to it. This didn't have an indie feel to it. This had a very in-your-face, edgy... Heather's was Christian Slater's smile. <laughs> like, the whole movie had the same tone. And uh, this one, like, did you feel like it was two different movies? Like, the first half and the second half? Close. But I, you know, again, it's... I. I, I felt Without like it was three so X. much foreshadowing. I saw a lot coming. Yeah. And that's where like the whole ending, I felt like it was earned because I think this movie bathes in character development at the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. It takes its time. There are lots of very quiet, long scenes of the girls interacting with each other that felt very virgin suicides to me. Even the filter over the lens in a lot of the scenes kind of felt... That and their dialogue and when they're hanging out, just chilling, like watching movies before the shit really hits the fan. That's good stuff. That was great because that's girls are that's what they're doing. They're sitting there talking shit. <laughs> you yeah. know, who's, and if who's the, fucking who? Like, If the voiceover wasn't good, it would have ruined this fucking movie. Yeah. But it was really good. Euphoria has a voiceover. It's fucking great. Sort of unreliable narrator shit. Yeah, I mean, really, as long as there's not somebody there in somebody's head, I'm good with things right now. I'm tired of that in TV. Oh, the the Dark Passenger? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's they did just... that in Dexter with this newer season. I it's, know. It's Deb. Yes. You know? Oh, yeah. She was watching that, and I was like, no, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, American Werewolf in London again. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, love Battlestar. <laughs> it's there. You know, there's always just. I like that trope a whole lot, but it I do, it does get used I don't want to see it anymore right now. I could see it, like whoever called it. I understand. Who, like claimed it. Everybody's got it out there. You're locked in. You know, you're grandfathered in. I think the original version of that was Harvey with Jimmy Stewart. Where his imaginary friend follows him around, six foot tall bunny rabbit, which I think is the reference he's making in Donnie Darko. I can see that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, it took me a long time to connect that. But when I was working at the video store, I watched Harvey and I was like, oh my fucking God. See, and I've seen that like once in my life. I want to say my grandparents' houses. I, I don't know. The other time I've seen it come up is uh, he gets like a version of the bad guy stuck in his head in Farscape and he calls him Harvey. And I was like, that is a fucking deep cut reference that's badass but yeah the dialogue's great just the i don't know what do you like the comfort scenes <laughs> comfort in this movie is <laughs> like just like the 
the day-to-day shit. Yeah. You know, hanging it's, out. It took its time out. and it established its characters hanging really out. well in the beginning of the movie. It and did. It, it did. You got to know the girls real quick. You got to know everybody, all the other characters in the school. He forewarned you about all that shit, showed you a little clip of all of those examples of trigger mm-hmm. warnings that he put in there and so from the moment this movie starts the clock is ticking and you kind of feel that tension when they're going really slow i feel like it made it better no the way that it starts is opening scenes with people i i love a good mask thing you know if you can play the mask just right and you know you've got like this middle america smaller town just everybody doing their day-to-days with different fucking masks on yeah and she says you're not gonna fucking believe me yeah but this (laughs) is what happened and everybody's wearing fucking cheap halloween masks like doing yard work and shit and the whole thing was is i got that feel at first like oh it's so nobody wants it you know because they're gonna do something it's like well no nobody you don't want people to know who you are because of what's out there because everybody knows who you are because everybody knows who you are now yeah yeah so that's that first, I once I caught that pretty quick because you know once everything once they start explaining it, you get it. You're like, oh, this isn't a purge. Yeah, like they're not. Well, you can't even say they're not. They're not out to hunt everybody. They're it's more protection mode. Uh, sur- not even survival. Just they're trying trying to remain anonymous in a sense. Yeah, well, this is jumping around a little bit, but some of the things the mob is screaming about, they're legit. A lot of it didn't have anything. Like you were like, yeah, man, I'd be mad too. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they're they're like we want our privacy back and i was like word yeah i mean i get that but don't do that <laughs> but then again probably if this happened in the real world today it would be some cuckoo ass small town cop local sheriff leading the way because they have some type of power to begin with yeah and as long as they catch the crazies with them it's like oh shit i've got more power yeah and this movie made me wonder watching euphoria same thing what is social media like when everyone you know lives in the same town, raised in this tiny town? All your friends are in this town. No one's moved away. Everyone's in high school. What's social media like that? I mean, I'm sure you're interacting with people from other places, but they're relative strangers. When- I would imagine it's fucking insane with just phones and everything today. Because yeah. I lived in small towns growing up. Same. There were cell phones, but we didn't have, you know, video on cell phones yet. That's how you know you're kind of old. Yeah. There were still fucking Nokia's going into freshman year. You know what I'm saying? People were still playing Snake. People still had that big Mulder cell phone. <laughs> that Motorola <laughs> V phone. That was my first one. And Jesus, I didn't get mine until late in high school. I watched an episode of X-Files where they flash back to when before Mulder's working on the X-Files. Mm-hmm. And he pulls out like the big giant. Looks like a portable phone. Yeah. Like, with the rubbery antenna. Like looks like a sat phone from the 90s. <laughs> like know? that motherfucker should have gps tracking on it yeah exactly <laughs> like the kind your your like grandmother got in the car <laughs> i have a car phone i heard some of those you know what <laughs> fucking lethal weapon is one of the craziest ones it's those ones that are sold it's the battery it's looks like a fucking car battery with a phone on top yeah and you like stick it on there yeah yeah th- that's what lethal people, weapon just came to mind people yeah. used to call that a car phone remember yeah. when people would be like oh i have a car phone oh my mom's roommate had one and i remember i forget it don't use that it's so much a minute <laughs> Yeah, it was like eight bucks a minute or something it's like something that. Something stupid. Fucking crazy. Because as a kid, you want to sit there and use the phone, and they'd be like, don't touch the Yeah, like, I want phone. to play with that. Yeah. <laughs> fucking running up the credit card bill, just making a, like a cell phone call. But yeah, like social media bottled up in a small town. I always wonder about it. It has to be crazy now, because being in small towns before there was that much technology, like I said, internet, cell phones, yes, but no pictures, no videos, no fucking social networks. Yeah. Um, It was just... It was bad enough because people fucking knew. All it took was a couple of people talking to the wrong people. Word spread. Everybody knew everything. Fucking burn it, Texas. I was there for you. Knew <laughs> whose wife was cheating. People that you know, couples that own small businesses in town. You knew who was fucking who when you were in high school. Oh yeah. So now with you know Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. Shit has to be insane. You need to go to the next town, bro. Yeah, that's when you're moving down the highway at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus shit. There's no telling, man. It's probably off the charts. But anyway, yeah. I mean, this is it, this gets so intense and it doesn't even happen that fast. No. I loved that that part where she's at dinner with her parents and fucking Donnie, her brother, is like sitting there totally silent and they have like this she has an altercation with her parents, gets up and storms off to her room and he's like, "You guys see that video?" <laughs> like, oh yeah. And they're like, "No, Donnie." It's hilarious. <laughs> Just keeps talking about it. <laughs> what was it like? A family and getting mauled by a pack of tigers? Yeah, or it was like, like oh, that? yeah, you, the family that gets mauled by a pack of tigers in Africa. That's like, <laughs> like no, Donnie, I didn't catch that. Yeah, he's like, 
it's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the mom, I didn't notice it. Olympia. It's the... From Law and Order. Mighty Ducks. What about Bob? Was she in What About Bob? She's the older daughter, yeah. Baby steps. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's Richard Dreyfuss's like, teenage, 20-ish daughter. Is Richard Dreyfuss still alive? Yeah, he's just like a raisin. Okay. <laughs> Man, he did a lot back in the day. Yeah, I mean, his opus was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, was that his or Mr. Holland? <laughs> I'm not sure anymore. I lost a fucking essay contest on that one. Fuck that movie. Wait, sidetrack for a second. What? <laughs> and uh, what was it? You entered an essay contest in about or seventh Mr. Grade. Holland's was opus? Was it sixth or seventh grade? I believe it was seventh. We had a history teacher. Mm-hmm. who there was a competition you could win this trip to go like see some symphony play this and that like meet somebody from the movie it, and i don't even remember what the topic of the essay was but she was uh, she basically required all of her students to participate and i thought mine was good and other people thought it was good and then she gave it this shit ass grade oh fuck that and i was like what because one of my other teachers that i was talking they were this is great no 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 and, you know they were helping other people and we were talking and then just nothing but i mean it was a big thing you know, I was just upset at the teacher. But yeah, it was an essay contest for Mr. Holland's opus. God, yeah, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> We're right at that age, though. Yeah. I, and as we speak, but I'm fucking propped up on this couch because my back is out. So I'm just like, yeah. fuck me. You're doing all right, though. I can imagine the looks on my face, though. I feel my face doing weird shit. You've while grimaced we're a couple times, but I don't know if you hate what I'm saying or your back hurts. And I'm just going with everything I say is gold. <laughs> No, <laughs> I just have fucking straight stank face right now, and you can't read too deep into it. <laughs> like I told you, Jesus, this is weird. This is back problems with nerve issues, so it's just weird things going on. I don't know what to do. I'm just trying to stay still while I talk. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was, did some of this shit scare you? Because you're going to have a teenage daughter one day? Dude, did that enter your mind yet? Has that entered you, your mind yet? Once you have a little girl, this shit just automatically starts coming in your mind over time. Like, she just turned three, but I'm already fast-forwarding to 14 and 16. Like, fuck. You know, Sookie Waterhouse was talking about, like, how dudes learn all this shit from porn, and which was a really good little speech, mm-hmm. like, little monologue she had there. And uh, they did almost the inverse of that in Euphoria, where, like, one of the girls is watching porn and, like, studying it to <laughs> learn how to move, like, to make her, like, boyfriend love her more. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa Hmm. hit the nail on the head there you know someone's doing both those things yeah and i mean this is you know what starts to happen to lily and everybody it's it's these it's these pressures it's this it's this feeling like you have to you know what is she i love that breakdown at one point oh shit it's closer to yeah yeah, you know hang hang on to it a little bit but yeah cockballs if it's about the character go for it fuck it's towards the end i don't want to talk about it right now yeah we'll 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 get there for sure and and then uh like the whole time she's getting those texts from daddy from daddy and did you know who daddy was immediately yes yeah okay so that's one thing you know i don't feel like that's like a spoiler if you watch this movie you know you know who fucking joel McHale is why would you introduce him and then not come back to him for a really long time. And she's getting these texts from daddy. Look, it's like Kiefer Sutherland in phone booth. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that. You're not like fucking that. hiding anything. But we that was fine. Like, we we knew who it was. Because I, I felt like uh, the scene where she, like, gets mad at Bill Skarsgård for not going down on her. And mm-hmm. then notices daddy's watching from across the way. And she's like, wait, it didn't seem like a, you want to watch this happen? It almost seemed like a, I'm gonna burn this motherfucker down. I don't give a fuck what happens right now. You know, I can I can see that. I can see that. It's <laughs> it's just the you know the proximity it was that of look that house on her face to, was kind of incendiary. You know, it was a good coincidence that her you know her friend's house is right across the street from Daddy's. Yeah. Well, didn't she send him like a dickhead text too? Like in the middle of that? In the middle of the dude going down on her? No, like right before it happens. Like while they're still having a fight, he texts her and like is like I can see you or something like that. And then she's like, Fuck. Oh, I and don't remember that. Like one exactly. the whole tone of her towards her attitude towards Bill Skarsgård. I know exactly. Which I just can't see it. I felt like it shifted a lot, and then you were like, "Oh, this is uh, that's uh, you're kind of you're doing that to fuck with him, you know." <laughs> 
Well, yeah. And I mean, as she explains later, I mean, the boyfriend was the first one. Yeah. So that's why she wants to keep it, you know. Well, I got real confused, too, because in the very beginning of the movie, someone's sticking their fingers down her throat. And I'm pretty sure it was Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> you could be a porn star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think that Joel McHale would have said that. I forgot to pay attention the next time. But what's weird is there's like a dude who's into trans girls, like an older guy in Euphoria. And oh. he is like wider, wider and like sticking his fingers down. So he's down. real into the gagging And I was thing. like, what's up with Sam Levinson and, and sticking gagging? your fucking fingers down people's throats? Yeah. Interesting. That, that got got. But um, I mean, whatever you're into, that's cool. Yeah. I, I am not the person to judge. Hey, after that opening part where he's doing it for the first time, he's like, you could be a porn star. The way how her fucking makeup is just running from gagging. But then she, who is it that she tells like, oh. It's, it's the girl's mom. Oh, Nance. Nance. Yeah. They, she goes in and she's like, y'all right, honey? And she's like, oh, yeah. No, a guy just stuck his fingers down my throat. And she's like, oh. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, not as sexy as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> but just, um. You know, right there. I mean, this is obviously one of her friend's moms that open a relationship that she's got with a good friend's mom. You know, that's some shit that you hope is going on. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. let's not keep secrets. Let's not keep, let's everybody just, let's discuss. Might be a little hard to talk about at times, <laughs> but let's be open about everything. Yeah, maybe a little difficult conversation. Yeah, I mean, the way, just shit's going to get awkward, man. Yeah, it's going to get really strange. Yeah. I say, if I were you, I'd run with it and be like, aha, until they're like, oh, no, okay, thanks, Dad. No, Dad, I mean, life plan, of, you know, she's three, but yeah, I mean, we've thought ahead. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, she's fucking three. We've thought ahead. But no, I mean, our goal is to be open like that. We don't want there to be secrets. We want her to be comfortable telling us whatever she needs to talk to us about. I feel like at the same time, you don't want to be that kind of parent who's like too interested. Oh, you no. Know? Because I feel like we knew people whose parents were open like that and... We're like, yeah, fun. Let's talk about that. And they're like, no, no, too interested. Who was it? Yeah, like I'm the party mom. <laughs> <laughs> we got the good house for the parties. <laughs> I smoke weed on my back porch. Um, but no, I mean, just well, and then that part at the end that I want to talk about, but I'm not going to talk about, but I'm going to mention again. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, I feel like we're kind of to the point where you know the catalyst starts to happen when Coleman Domingos, the principals. Data yeah, gets so leaked. it all starts with the mayor. The mayor's the first one to get hacked. Information out there. He gets fucked. And then fucking publicly out. fucking shoots himself in the face on Yeah, TV. he walks into the auditorium. People are like, fucking pervert. Get the fuck out of here. You lied to us. And then boom, he's like, you know, he starts talking. Then one shot to the head. Felt kind of bad for him, too. He seemed really stressed. He seemed, I mean, I don't know anything about his politics or anything. But <laughs> yeah, there's no telling his affiliation. But anyway. But I mean, if you want to wear pantyhose, go for it, man. But then what? It hits the principal. And who's the next big one simultaneously? Was it daddy? It was everyone. It was, it was principal, the then kind of everyone happened. Yeah, it was like right as the principal was saying, like, I don't think it's one of our students because they would they exactly. would go after me or something, something like, and his wife calls. And, and I mean, at that point, I, I think the guy's just worried about his porn history. Well, I feel like it really hit home that, like, no matter how unashamed you are of who you are or the, the conversations that you had, mm -hmm. someone else going through them, they're going to take it the wrong way. And yeah. it's, that context is going to fall apart to it and i like that he was like i will not step down as principal and they were like throwing shit yeah at he's sitting stuff. there taking shit from the whole auditorium he yeah, wasn't he, gonna back he, down yeah he he was sticking to what he thought was right even in the face of adversity <laughs> throwing and, some corny ass shit like uh and so daddy's shit comes out and uh, daddy's one of them and know, there's pictures this is where the witch trial shit comes in because most of the time if you like start reading about witch trials a lot of them start with some sort well, of infidelity or like a, a beautiful woman in town and well the, and during the chaotic montage scene that you were talking about with the highlights and the and the uh-huh you know the rebuttals and everything yeah. um i think the number she throws out there is like fourteen thousand people were affected which you know for storyline purposes that's gotta be the majority of that fucking town because in my mind that that town is probably like 10 to 20 so if you're saying 14,000. Yeah, maybe. It's like a pretty good. 10 to 20 is still not that many people. It's you know? not. I, I feel like a town, if it is Salem, Massachusetts, I'm willing to bet that their numbers, the upwards of 100,000 people to the town, Yeah, which is not a huge town. No. And I mean, really, there's no number. Just 14,000 in a smaller town. It's yeah. a good chunk of people. Because how many people are in Austin? Millions? Millions now. Yeah. So, and Austin isn't is by no means a metropolis. Well, and I don't think it's, is it millions now? Damn, that's a good question. The The size of numbers always fucks with when me. When I was little, it was still in the hundreds of thousands, so. Yeah. Fuck. And so they the mob forms, they go to coerce Marty. Poor Marty. And uh, 
<laughs> they fucking waterboard this kid and find out it's coming from Lily's. Yeah, Marty was the kid that the cops took in right when right when the shit was starting and hit the fan. Yeah, and then big spoilers here. We're getting to the last bits. So if you want to watch this movie, now would be the time to ignore everything we say from here on out. I like, <laughs> you know, when everyone mobs up, like the things they're saying, like a mob of people wearing ski masks and shit and Halloween masks is terrifying. But what they want. I mean, do you not a, have purge masks? Just as a human being, I mean, no, no I have I don't purge have any, masks. You have purge masks? Duh, no, man. <laughs> that's that's not the part of that movie I related to. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm Ethan Hawke, man. No, you, you never know what's gonna go down. That's why I've got a full white one piece bodysuit and purge masks. What he's talking about is the green man suit from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia that is like skin fucking tight. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you never know when you're going to have to come at somebody from like, you know, a combative standpoint and freak them out. Personally, and stay I, I feel like if I'm going to attack someone mm-hmm. on a purge night, I'm completely naked. Well, because also, a naked man attacking you is And also, what terrifying. point in the evening are you at? You know, like, are you eating dinner? Or are you already in bed watching a movie? That's going to that's going to alter the wardrobe, too, unless you've got some jumpsuit shit ready to go. So last episode, when we talked about where you would go during the apocalypse and stuff yeah. like that, you sat and thought about it for a long time. But we get to purging and immediately you're like, this is how I purge. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and just to clarify, I don't agree with the message in most of the Purge movies. You know, that sucks. Oh, 100%. But in the instance that there was one, like, you have to make it. (laughs) I won't go in. You know what I'm saying? Just fucking be ready, man. I'm not worried about zombies anymore. I, I wouldn't be either. I I I would agree with you there. Yeah. I'm I'm not worried about zombies I'm not worried about the zombie outbreak anymore. I am more worried about... uh, rampant mall mobs of uh sexually repressed men yes <laughs> and members of militias <laughs> yeah because um, then this movie gets fucked up and i want to bring up like some of the the negative reviews of this movie were this was the top ones on rotten tomatoes the rotten tomato score for this movie is 74 percent critic score 55 percent audience score six on imdb out of 10 this is exactly our kind of movie and I will say right now, I fucking loved this movie. I watched it twice. I was excited to watch it again. <laughs> I went down a deep fucking hole of everything this dude wrote. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I didn't love this movie, but I liked it. Really? I didn't love it. Really? I didn't love it. Oh, man, I loved it. No, there's a part with me where I, I appreciated how raw it got at times. Yeah, I did a lot. Uh, you know, but also at the same time, they didn't go all the way. Like, Oh, that's didn't... what you're mad about? <laughs> there, no, I mean, there were just certain things that were like... If you're going to go that far to have like the bludgeoning and the fucking assault in public and the attempted murder, all the things you listed, you know, yeah. beforehand, it's I thought it could have gotten even more ruthless. Yeah, I thought I, oh, it could I have agree. gotten way more I dark. Thought, like the, I actually thought the amount of restraint that it showed was uh, a good idea. That dark level. And then it. OK, because th- this is the thing is the negative reviews about this mm-hmm. are about the lack of restraint. Well, yeah. And did you? I'm sorry. Did I cut you off before you even? No, no, it's fine. Tr- okay. The most qualified reviews that I read, David Fear said, and we're in full spoiler territory, so I'm going to start saying things about the end of the <laughs> movie. Said, I did it for the lols. Yeah. So the hacker who ends up being her little fucking brother, the one who sat <laughs> at the fucking table, and they're like, "Why would you do this?" And this is after they've kicked her out of the house. All this shit. And it's all his fault. I did it for the lols. <laughs> And he just says it in this like, well, before he, say, he, he starts with, I don't know. I did it for the laws. Yeah. Which is like just a total. It was really, answer, man. it was really sincere too. It's that adolescent <laughs> boy answer. Like, you know, in his head, it's like, well, just I'm fucking bored. It was something to do. Did it for the attention. And I thought that was a nice flip side to the, this is what we learned. And we stand together with the girls at mm-hmm. the end of the movie. But the little brother just being like, I don't know. But. well uh, yeah and i for the things that i did see coming in this movie i didn't see that i didn't see that coming yeah and david fear of rolling stone who gave it 2.5 out of 5 stars said that assassination nation thinks that this is a fuck you punchline but it's actually the film's most honest admission and david i agree it is the film's most honest admission and it's not really a fuck you i don't think he intended it to be a fuck you punchline so i'm not sure i agree how do you know what he meant when he wrote it? <laughs> like anything you read or watch or or consume in that way, you're bringing yourself to Whether it. or not that was in alignment with his thought process, 
you know, like how close David Fear was to actually calling what that meant. I feel like they appreciate it. I feel like that one. I don't know. Do do you think that he would have appreciated that reveal? I don't know. It's I, a toughie to me. It is a toughie because at the same time, it's that's a compliment. Yeah. Whether or not he was one hundred percent correct in that assumption, eh. and and whether or not I'm one hundred percent, it's yeah. subjective. Because I thought you would like this movie as much as I did, but I really fucking no, like this movie. And that's the thing. I did like. I liked it a lot. Just there were these little things that kept me from loving it. There were just very small things, and it's. I think it's because I'm getting. V- you get a little more particular about. I stuff. do. I, I like. I like. I'm looking at story, and little things don't bother me as much when they're absurd like this, because this is absurd. It is. It and is. The flip side of that, Katie Walsh of the L.A. Times, she says, so the film both objectifies her and makes her deliver a speech about being objectified, and can't have it both ways. That 180 degree turnaround is so contrived after the orgy of gore and booty shorts that it can't nail the landing on a flip from. Sarcasm to sincerity. Why not? I don't. I don't get. I why actually not. think this why is kind it? of. I don't know. I, I. I think this is kind of explaining what I'm saying. Really? I felt what he was going for. I did. I just felt like he overdid it in places, and then uh, didn't go far enough in other. You know. I could see that. And like you're saying, and I see where you are coming from because, okay, let's say the chaotic part at the end when the four friends come together again. Well, there were things that did go all the way. Like, what the fuck did they do to Marty? When she goes to Joel McHale's house Uh running for her life from the mob Mm -hmm. and then that scene where they're breaking into her house, the girls are all at Nance's house watching the movies Mm -hmm. upstairs. And they're plucking them one by one. That shot was fucking amazing and so stylized because it was one solid shots circling this house with many windows Mm -hmm. and it would go inside it would come outside just this massive shot that was so well executed Mm -hmm. i did like that i'm gonna say the front window though knew he was gonna be inside for sure um Um, nothing like caught me off guard about it i knew where this was going but then like the extreme stuff of it was like he had marty in his bathtub after they coerced well in that style it gave it that vintage feel almost you know like you were watching something a little older and they were watching a 70s japanese girl biker gang exploitation movie called Mm -hmm. uh something girl boss and that the fact that you know so they're watching that and then all the girls are laying there with like red coats on you know <laughs> um you know at the end th- when they well, say backs and the red coats like that was how he slipped it in was they were a fan of these delinquent girl bosses the name of the series of movies and at the end of it they always are wearing these red iconic coats so that, yeah that's just quentin tarantino shit it like is. if you like and quentin tarantino and you thought this was stupid you're confused and it was very tarantino-esque that end part but that's the thing it was very choppy i thought well, it earned it though as soon as they rescue Bex, next scene, like, oh, Bex is in line, weaponed up, ready to go, popping. Did you? There was no, like... Yeah, Kelly was also like, so they're all trained at firing assault rifles now? And I mean, she and just using had a swords. noose around her neck. <laughs> she just had a noose around her neck, and Diamond stepped up, and like he was like, you know, Diamond came I will came agree through. that that was the only part of the movie that felt a little rushed. But yeah. wasting more time at that point, I didn't think it was necessary. I, I got it. I'm watching a movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. what about the fact, though, that once we're past the one week later and it shows the ringleader who you knew who it was? Oh, uh, yeah. They even did a pretty good job of disguising his voice. But I saw those fucking. Well, no. And that's a, Joel McHale. His voice was disguised at all. Oh, I was really? Like, that's clearly his voice and his eyes. It was deepened a little bit. You think? Well, I heard his still. Yeah, it still had that inflection. <laughs> I mean, that was one of my big. He has one of the most recognizable voices in the world. Yeah, I mean, oh, I wonder who the mask speaker is. That's <laughs> that one of the things you wrote down. Yeah, I did like a ponder emoji, a laughing emoji, and then a face palm emoji because I was like, this is clearly fucking him. It's Daddy, and Daddy's pissed. I really liked when and when uh, Bex makes it outside, mm-hmm. and all her friends have been captured, and Lily's like running to the neighbor's house. Yeah, Lily's Bex going stealth. T- with the gun before that bex takes the fuck off which is the most sensible decision i think anyone makes in this movie and that's a problem that i have with a lot of things but i like that it was the fucking trans girl that she was like fuck that and she jumped over the fucking fence she still gets caught that's the thing the second part is that great decision making right there all of a sudden disappears when you stay banging at the same door all of a sudden yeah, that's a little inconsistent with what because I agree with you. Her this making the comes decision into to my, run. my I've never been in a situation like this. I don't know that I wouldn't freeze. <laughs> and that I get mad at my wife about it, too, because she gets super pissed when these people don't run off. And I was like, has have you ever been chased by a man with a chainsaw? 
I don't know that you would fucking take off running immediately. <laughs> you might freeze. You don't know yourself well enough to know that you do that. So why are you judging this girl? Well, see, I've been at places where guns have been pulled. So, like, I've ran. You know what I mean? Like, I've had that running That was running a smart moment. decision. It's, everybody's different, though. Yeah, no. I mean, and I think it's because, okay, well, yes. And let's just, you mentioned with me... <laughs> When you ask me where I would stay, it took a minute. But when we start talking about purge shit, like I'm on it. Yeah, you're immediately like, it's because I you am don't running. have masks. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you? You don't have a tomahawk in your backpack in the closet, Scott? No, I don't. I, uh, I am uh, relatively unprepared for everything. Dude, you need a tomahawk to go with anything solar powered. Yeah, it's mostly I. I have an axe next to our bed, uh-huh. but that's just because I think that if somebody breaks into my house and a naked man with an axe appears, uh-huh. you're gonna fucking leave. Well, no, and that's the cool part. Like I do have some cool shit. And I'm shit. gonna be naked. <laughs> but I bought like a big 16 pound sledgehammer and a four pound sledgehammer for some housework. Uh-huh. Out of the cool shit that I have, when I pick up that really big sledgehammer. I'm like fucking sledgehammer. You know oh, I've I mean? chopped wood. It is a tiring fucking ordeal. <laughs> and attacking someone with an axe. Oh, by the way, who I does also, that? I went to a rage room just a couple weeks ago and got. Did you just, really? Yeah, I was. Uh, um, uh, it was one of my I'm Father's not, Day gifts. I'm not angry enough for that. I, yeah, I'm not angry enough to smash that. It was fucking awesome. And you know, like I can beat the shit out of some stuff, but that really takes it out of you. Yeah, by the time he did the walkthrough with me and what to do and what not to do, I had 25 minutes to beat the shit out of everything in a room. I was soaking wet with sweat. I'm sure you were. They put me in a jumpsuit. I looked like I was like Slipknot backup drummer. Yeah. The, see, the reason I would never do that is that kind of therapy mm-hmm. isn't good for you. <laughs> like It's scientifically <laughs> proven not good for you. Like It does not make you feel better afterwards. It only heightens whatever emotion you just forced yourself to relive. I don't know. I was pretty worn out. That was what I was going to say was that's the thing is like I didn't think about the fact that you you would be so tired that nothing would matter afterwards, and maybe that's the point. Yeah. No, nah, man. Oh, I also, uh, I was like, Richter sounds the name of the sheriff that's uh-huh. like leading the mob unmasked that with his cop car. His name yeah. is Richter. And uh, I was like, maybe it's like Richter scale, like mm-hmm. the fault line. And I was like, maybe that's overly writer. And no, I looked man. it up. Richter is German for judge. Ah. Uh-huh. Yes. Nice little slip in there. I, I'm happy I caught it. No, no. Good one. But- what the fuck did he do to Marty? Like Marty's butt, like they waterboard Marty and then they make him make that video. And then what happens accusing to Marty? Accusing Lily and then Marty's in a bag and that's the most blood I've ever seen. So like that's where I'm like, uh, he did go really far <laughs> because when she's in that bathroom slipping around in blood and sliding around and she gets, she's covered in that shit. And then Good when scene. she slits his Good fucking throat scene. with the razor blade. Yeah. Which was so smooth. Pours blood right in her fucking face, Sam Raimi style. So they went really far with some stuff. Some of that, yes. That Uh, was a great scene. I will agree that when they go to hang Bex and they have her in the back of the truck and Diamond is like, I'm not going to kill her. I thought that, first of all, this is not part of the point I was trying to make, but... That line where he's like, she didn't embarrass me, you did. Mm-hmm. I was like, That's, that was a good line. Yeah, no, that was a real stand-up moment. That's what you're looking for. Yeah, but that scene, Kelly wanted them to kill that jock at the end, which I thought was interesting because I was kind of like, I was like, yeah, they let him go. I like that. And Kelly was like, no, nah, fuck that. Kill that guy. <laughs> oh, I understand both standpoints, and I'm not honestly sure which one I'd be more happy with. I could have gone either way. I would have been okay with either way because... Do you My, think maybe he shot it both ways and then watched the movie and tried to decide which one he would do? Probably. I would have done it. I mean, I, that would have been good because the, the thing is, that's a real that's a real character move by Bex. Because that's telling you who Bex is as a For person. For sure. That's she, she was is. one of the most well-drawn characters in this. And I don't know. I'm... I, I have no way of putting myself in that position to know how a person like that feels. Mm-hmm. You know, she goes by she in this and uh, or what it would be like to be a teenager and have that sort of stuff. No, I think... But one of the most easily accessible characters in the story yeah. was the transgender girl. And I thought that was really cool. That kill shot scene where it could have been the bam, you're done. I definitely could see taking him out because people that are that fucked is the fact that you're letting them live going to change their mind for future instances you know like is that going to change their outlook will they be a better person if you let them live or because you let them live are they going to go out and do something even worse this says more about me but probably not you don't (laughs) think so i think my wife might be right yeah i mean but there's some ruthless ass fucking people out there and even though you've given them the second chance no matter what they've done to you or others hopefully that changes them and makes them a better person but at the same time they could just easily go out there and be 
fucking ten times as worse. Yeah. Because they're like the fucking, hey, these four chicks took out all my friends. <laughs> you know, we got fucked. We were gonna kick some ass that night. We got fucked. So now I'm gonna go get more fucking friends, and we're gonna show them five years from now I or did, something like that. I did think when uh, after that, when Lily's giving her speech, mm, yes. you know, and you realize that the voiceover has been and that's heard what I was wanting to talk about the whole time earlier. This I really want to talk because that was that's the conundrum. A young woman, you know, 18 years old, pressure from everywhere. Uh huh. The male peers that she's interested in hooking up with, they just you know they just fucking a lot of them have one thing on the mind and while she is very open and free with that like is she being taken advantage of you know where's the line but then there's like demand from the parents oh go to school be smart do this do this Mm -hmm. but then social media everybody else oh i don't need to be popular but you know i want to be edgy yeah i do think the speech got taken a couple beats too long the line that i thought it should stop was she was like don't take your hate out on me i just got that's that was good and i was like that's where that speech should have ended. Yeah. Right fucking there. How much longer did that it go one, after that? Quite a bit. It went another few sentences mm. to the point where like the two mobs meet. That was the, the only thing I thought was silly in the movie was that like all the girls come out of their houses. Yeah. And I was like, well, just ah, how open all I would these, stay inside. <laughs> all these young people were now um, at the very beginning when she gets called into the principal's office because of her, her journal with the drawings. Yeah. I love how she was like, I just don't see how the pictures are explicit. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but like, yeah. And one of these reviews, I saw somebody complaining about this fucking diatribe. She goes on about the art and the split and how stupid it was. And that was like a, that Do you wasn't not a remember what it was reviewer. like to be 16 to 20 years old. Yeah, when you're 16, that's you found something to grasp and hold on to. You know, if in you're lucky every enough to do situation. that, if you're lucky enough to have something that you really take interest to right off the top of your head too, when you get called out by an authority figure, you got an answer almost every time. <laughs> yeah. Cause teenagers no. are smart. They're very articulate, but they haven't figured out exactly how they're going to be, but they feel like they have. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt when I was a teenager was I was like, this is how I'm going to feel forever. Sometimes it's a bummer when that goes away. Like the SLC punk episode when we were talking about it, you know, it was, it was a bittersweet thing. It didn't hit the same as it used to. He wasn't getting quite what he wanted out of that. Yeah. But we didn't see that part of these girls' lives. So we only got to see this thing, and it's this absurdity that gets out of control. And if you thought that it was too over the top, I will accept being like, I wanted it to go further. Because I would have been okay with that. (laughs) I totally would have been okay with like even more crazy. Because that's who I am. But if you were like, well, this has gotten ridiculous. Did you not see the first five minutes of the movie? He warned you. He showed you clips of it. And then he took his time getting to this point. And he developed those characters really well. Oh, my God. I didn't even talk about my favorite part of the movie. Uh-huh. When Maude Apatow, other girl, was mm-hmm. sharing her fucking nudes. And when the leak happens, she finds out. And it's oh, and Bella Thorne's straight, at straight cheerleading practice. Bat. And she hits her with that fucking baseball bat. And the whole school claps for her when she's walking out. No, the whole crying. lead up to that. Because as soon as she's, you know, you see the teary eyes, you know, the makeup. right, You're like, oh, she's she's fucking snapped. I like Maude She's Apatow. fucking snapped. And that was so clean. And then her in front of the flag, the silhouette in front of the flag. I was like, you know, been, been done before, but I like it. Good style. And then she just walks right up. Fucking yeah, and he was quick to be like, it's not like I killed her. Um, Can I say one of my favorite parts? Yes, please. The marching band at the end playing Miley Cyrus. Me too. <laughs> okay, so that brings us to my uh, favorite review. They're walking through the which, fucking decimated neighborhood, just like looks like 50 fucking riots just rolled through. Yeah, it. and, and they filmed this in New Orleans, so it's, uh, I think it's like the, what's the team? Uh, the L- I think it's the LSU, LSU Tigers I don't marching know, these might have been high schoolers. Do you think it was college? Uh, I think it was college. I see. I just well, don't I remember mean, like the LSU Tiger. How could you compare that when you were watching this movie? Because all of the girls in this movie were are in their twenties. Yeah, in it's, real you life, know, the you know, classic like high Bella schooler. Thorne was the, the fucking yeah, the, cheerleading squad the high leader. schooler who's supposed to be seventeen, eighteen, but what they're twenty three. Well, you can't. That's the same with Euphoria. All those girls are over eighteen mm-hmm. because sexualizing actual teenagers yeah. in a movie—that's where the gray area. Yeah, 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 yeah. But telling stories about teenagers like this. Please tell stories about teenagers. No, like this. I can appreciate that. I thought this was a really good. I just don't love it. But I would say if if this is, if, do you love Heather's? I mean, I don't love Heather's. Oh, I love Heather's. See, th- I think that's where we split. Is Heather's like? Sp- but I think Heather's is a much more well done movie. I just wasn't on like the Heather's train ever at any point. I, I never think, quoted Heather's. I don't think movies like this get made for this budget anymore, though. 
And that's what I really was impressed by. It was this was a seven million dollar movie mm-hmm. that only made two million dollars back in the theater. If probably if it was anything other than Sam Levinson, it wouldn't have got this budget. It was pretty fucking good. It used its budget really well. It took its time when it needed to. It was over the top when I thought it was mm-hmm. appropriate for it to be over the top. And I was really satisfied with the end and the icing on the cake. And this is a negative review from Adam Graham of the Detroit News. He gave it a C minus. Mm-hmm. So he didn't give it an F. I think he had fun. I think he had fun. <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to say. He said, Sam Levinson shows no restraint in Assassination Nation. It quickly becomes exhausting as it grows more and more hateful. And when the movie ends, the marching band performing Miley Cyrus's We Can't Stop, it is unclear if it's meant to be enjoyed ironically, which ironically makes it a good summation of the movie. And again, I agree, except he doesn't like it, and I do. I wasn't sure what you were getting at with that. No, it's a great tie-in. It's perfect. And we were both sitting there, because I have no idea how to name a Miley Cyrus song. <laughs> on, like, I had to wait until it got to it in the credits to see what it was. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, ah, I like that. I know some Miley. It, it had a familiar ring. That is the over-the-topness that I think was there. Yeah, that was good. If they could have matched that, that and see, that's, I feel like that's the level they should have. Don't go too extreme or not extreme enough. Like, you have to find the balance. I feel like the balance wasn't kept. I was, like, jumping up and down in my seat when I found out <laughs> that it was the little brother. Because I never fucking saw that coming. Yeah, that's one thing I, I did not did see not coming. See so I really coming. appreciated that part of the movie. I was like, okay, it's a fucking twist that I did... Because some of those other things, Daddy, from the fucking beginning, the first time you see him, the look, you knew it from the very beginning. Uh, that there oh, was yeah, something he was the extra- clip from the male gaze part. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was. I didn't catch that. So it's and that's like one of the first fucking scenes is she's pulling up to their fucking well across from their house for her friends. But she sees a little girl like, don't run in the street. Uh, I like this. I think a lot of the other negative reviews were uh, about how sex in movies is not necessary. And uh, no, I'm really glad that you shared this one. Can't nail the landing on the flip from sarcasm to sincerity that's how i feel i wanted to love it and from the beginning i was hyped i was in and then it was just these l- subtle things that if they were just tweaked a little different it would have struck a different chord see the me. reason i thought it was fine was because the flip happened in the opening and then it flipped back and because of that and i was remembering that trigger warning in the beginning of it mm-hmm. that i was like this is what i'm waiting for I am ready to see the shit hit the fan because i like that shit i love the night of the living dead movies Mm-hmm. You know what I really liked? The remake of The Crazy. Oh, with Timothy Oliphant? Yeah. Yeah, I'm down for so that. So that kind of like... And it took me forever to watch the original Crazies. That's I watched them back. I watched the new one, then the old one. Oh, really? I'd never seen the original. If you can at all say that you're thrilled by violence in any movies, I think the, the violence is thrilling in a Quentin Tarantino movie. I think in this movie it achieved both being thrilling and disturbing at moments. And really, when the mom fucking get shot that, uh, that really fucking hurt man. it was bad yeah she's like cool mom and she was ready too she had that purple gun yeah <laughs> she had like oh custom- i was so proud of her at that moment too <laughs> like where she like she fucking got that gun got the fuck up you can tell she was like passed out on pills or drunk or something like yeah, that. yeah she was upstairs just doing her thing man it's like fucking you know friday thursday friday night <laughs> yeah she hears her fucking daughter scream she got the fuck out of bed yeah she went gun, into mama and bear mode popped off the- like two or three of those motherfuckers yeah commando style it's just sucks you know she's going down because she was outnumbered that whole scene was so realistic as far as the action and the violence went and it was really hard to watch and like when them dragging the girls out to the car and Mm -hmm. them like grabbing sookie waterhouse's face and like showing it to people yeah and the crowd like that was that that was the shit that was really hard for me to see i was worried about them the characters and that i was like oh shit they're gonna yeah well that was the thing is you made me worry about these people And that's what really fucking matters to me. It's not whether you are drawn like perfectly real people. Mm -hmm. It's that, you know, you want to worry about them. And I'd say watch it. If if this is your type of movie and and you've seen other ones in the past. If you get your feelings hurt by being misrepresented or maybe not represented exactly like you would like to be represented or you get the, your feelings hurt about the way other people are represented which i don't know why you would but well let me tell you if it, you know some of these reviews if you feel as if these young women are being exploited in this movie and that you know he doesn't have you know their interests you know in mind it i don't see that at all you know there might be issues with this guy yeah. in real life 
Well, that was why I brought up so many yeah, of the negative what, what reviews. Yeah, what did this one say? The booty shorts? Yeah. Have you seen? That's what fucking girls do out Yeah, there. man. They, they, you know there was some I mean? version of that when we were in high school. And girls were dressed differently at school than they were when we were, you know, yeah. hanging out in someone's backyard or and something. That's and not, that's, not that's not every female. That's not all of them. But there are some. That's just, and that's their thing. Yeah. And uh, these females were very interesting characters yeah and so if they wanted to dress like that i don't follow them for because that. i can see that i mean i also other than like the fact that like she got caught alone and she gets chased by that guy with a knife and stuff uh while she's wearing those super tiny booty shorts after yeah. she lewd pictures but that's some of that shit some fucking rando online is like oh you're the slutty you know salem slut yeah and fuck you don't like, you fucking talk back to me that's like the shit that happens that, out there is yeah, what that the problem felt is. like real danger at and that see point. that's the thing that's more real and i know that it's a movie but, but like, a lot of the other parts of the movie i really felt like just because of who these characters were mm-hmm. that they were perfectly capable of taking care of themselves yeah i mean maybe not weapons experts at the end like they were no no. But, uh, you know, but they earned that. And if you take into account the 70s exploitation, like That's Japanese and they girl did biker reference, reference that movie. So yeah. it gave it that context to lead into that, which, like again, made it better. But it's the little. OK, she says it. The police wouldn't step in. Somebody's going to fucking step in at some point. You know, well, even- that goes back to my whole thing with like the the post-apocalypse riot freak out and then oh the comet didn't hit yeah you know like and then we all gotta go back to like eh, well it's like recently when fucking portland was losing its mind what did they call what was that called the part of the city that was like the fucking the the zone and so in this situation somebody would have stepped into this small town but we didn't get that far into the story he had given us a rundown of everything that happens because they do figure out that it's the little brother they do figure out yeah and i love i did like that it was the little brother good touch yeah, they, they the, snuck I did it for just the right. thing cracked me the fuck up. No, it it was, really it, did. That was one of those things that was perfect for that because movie. that was the Joker aspect of it. Like the ju- I just want to see the world burn. Yeah, it, it was basically why'd you do it because I could. If he was like a middle schooler or a ninth grader or something like that, you want to see the world burn. Yeah, especially I, if you're you know a 13 year old boy. Yeah, he was definitely an eighth grade freshman year kid. You got a lot of say. weird feelings you're not used to, and some of them are uncomfortable to sit in class with. <laughs> but i like this movie next time we are gonna watch spree which is a found footage movie sort of in the same sort of like unfriended kind of way but that is what a found footage movie is nowadays yeah and uh this has steve from stranger things is the main character yes i have come across it before but i did not watch it see i I wanted to get to this really fast and uh since you couldn't think of one i was like okay let's do it because frank was gonna find this movie on his own yeah he would have have found it oh david arquette nice yeah misha barton who else do I recognize in here? I can't wait to talk about this movie with you. And I can't wait to watch it again. I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Runtime, an hour and 33 minutes. But more than I thought it was great, I might not have been so excited about it, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Frank, I want to talk about this with Frank. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about this with Frank. And the only way that I can make Frank do that is by making him do it on this podcast. So. <laughs> well, and 5.9 out of 10. Exactly. That's right in line with it, it fits the criteria. Yeah. It's really new. And uh yeah, twenty twenty. I, I can't wait to do it. So next time, spree. Later. Thanks everyone for joining us for the last video store clerks podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at Last Clerks, Instagram at the Last Video Store Clerks, and you can find Scott at dispatches from the pit.com.